everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of Bitch Breathe. I am your host, Ricardia. As some of you know, especially those who have been with me for a while now, I have begun to talk to people a little more about their breakups and how to help them through them. So I am picking a subject that is related to breakups, which is how to break up when you're not ready big deal, right? I think everybody or most of us have probably been there. And there must be at least as many ways to break up as there are people doing the breakups. Sometimes they leave, sometimes we leave, we're in love, and then we're not, we're faithful, then we're not. (laughs) Sometimes there are patterns, and other times, mm, not so much. Breakups almost literally make us or break us. But eventually, For the most part, we know if we can get help, if we can find a new perspective, then we can also move on. But the question that often came up for me in my breakups and in my researching the subject and writing the book, The Breakup Call, which, by the way, you're welcome to pre-order. You'll find the email in the show notes. I wondered, are we ever really ready for a breakup, even when we're the ones who are leaving? And there really are situations where we realize no matter how much counseling and talking we do, we're not going to make this relationship work. We're too incompatible. We have too little time for each other. We have different visions of the future, maybe, whatever it is. But today in this episode, we're going to talk about what to do when you have decided it is time to go. And just to sort of diffuse any potential concern here, I'm not telling you to break up by all means, but we're going to talk about what to do when you have decided that you should. How can you break up with someone whom you still love or who still loves you and where there is maybe so much history that you think you can't actually break up? And to just sort of examine some of the obstacles that will inevitably crop up. I wanted to start with something that might seem super counterintuitive, which is start with gratitude. Trust me, I've been through quite a few breakups. Some of them were extremely toxic. So I know that asking you as first on the list to start with gratitude is going to be a huge challenge. Why am I asking you to do it anyway? Because when we start with gratitude, you might already have an existing gratitude practice, but what it does in my experience and in talking with others, is that it has an extremely calming and soothing effect on the nervous system. When you recalibrate your thinking to, oh my God, I'm leaving. I don't know what to do about money. How am I going to tell this person? Am I even a little bit nervous about the timing of this whole thing? Then it's really great to step back for a moment, and that's what a gratitude practice will do, and say thank you. Thank you for the things you've learned. You might not be at the stage where you can thank the universe or whoever that entity is for you for the entire relationship and the experiences it entailed, but find little, little nuggets of gratitude for what you have experienced. And if you thought that was a challenge, I'm going to go ahead and go a little bit further. My second insight that I had, and this one took me a while, so be patient, is to extend this gratitude to your partner. 
Now, I've had extremely amicable breakups where this wasn't so difficult. I was extremely grateful for this person. And I knew what the things were that I wanted to thank him for. So we went ahead and actually did that. We thanked each other for sharing this part of our lives with each other, having cheerled each other in such great ways and really making note of all the things that we wanted to take forward into our lives because this person had been there. Now, if this is not such an amicable breakup or if you are expecting it not to be, this is going to be a little weird, but try anyway even if you don't verbalize it to your partner, to find things that you are indeed grateful for. And as time goes by, I promise you, that list is going to get longer. If possible, and I know there's a lot of ifs around breakups, we can't plan everything about this, right? But make space for conversation, no matter who is doing the leaving. Take time to answer questions and hear the other person out. This is going to take everything out of you in some cases because you're leaving. And the reason you're leaving is maybe you cannot hear the sound of the voice of this person one more time or they can't take yours. But see if you can't fit in a little space there. Because there is one thing we all seem to be after when there's a breakup. And that is closure. I call it the big C in my work with breakup research and the book that I wrote. It can be a very evasive big C. Closure may never come. And I know from some of my more toxic breakups, in some ways, those breakups never ended because I never got the answers to my questions. I never fully understood what had transpired and the other party wasn't willing to give me an explanation that sounded right. And that could have just been me, but whatever it was, the closure wasn't happening and I had to do my own. So if you have a space for conversation with this partner that you're about to leave or where you both are looking at a possible breakup scenario, see if there are questions that can be answered. It is so, so healing when you can. Because I'm a writer and I love to write everything down from my shopping list to my mental thought list to the junk that goes on in my head, maybe it might be nice for you, even if you don't have an existing writing practice, to write down, and really freestyling it, how you would like this breakup to go, what you would like to say, and then be totally prepared that none of this will happen. <laughs> <laughs> because it's totally possible, right? We don't know yet. But what this will do, at least in my experience, is this will get rid of some of the expectations and again, the junk and also some of the anxiety that you might be having about the breakup, about still having the big talk if it hasn't happened yet, and about the outcome of what it all means. Just writing it all out and giving it space and freedom to explore it. Here's something when you're still in the, I don't want to call it planning stage, like you're plotting a bank robbery or something, but if you're not sure you'll go through with the breakup, but you're pretty sure you should or you need to break up, call in your support network. This could be one person, this could be several people, but you need people who can, if you will, stage an intervention. So when you're absolutely sure that, yes, you need to leave or you both need to break up, then you're going to need support. You may not necessarily have all the stamina and all the willpower just yet because emotions are going to get in the way. Nostalgia, anxiety, worries over the future can be very strong obstacles. If they weren't so strong, 
people wouldn't be staying in relationships that even an idiot could look at and be like, yeah, why are you still here? <laughs> right? So know that there is a lot of emotion possibly coming your way. And you need some rationally thinking minds around you to support you. Breakups are transitional stages. Most of our life is a transition. And yet somehow, we always seem to need to B and A to get to B without taking care of ourselves between A and B, or even worse, a longer journey from A to Z. So when you know you're in this transition, you're going to need anchoring methods. You're going to need to find a way to stay grounded. And whatever that is for you, whether it's dancing, yoga, travel, talking to friends, do not break with those anchoring methods, especially now. For me, what used to happen was when things would get stressful in life, the first thing that would go would be my yoga practice, when really that should have been the last thing because it was the only thing that kept me mentally stable. So really stick to those grounding methods and tools that you have and do not let them slide while this transition is happening. And while we were on the subject of phone calls there for a moment, <laughs> I have to laugh at this one. But only call a parent if you have a healthy relationship to that parent. And the reason I'm laughing is because sometimes I feel like, does anybody have a healthy relationship to their parents? Please call me if you do. No, but seriously, relationships with parents go in and out sometimes. Some of us have completely divorced ourselves inwardly from our parents or from confiding in them. Others have very close relationships. So if you do happen to have that second kind, call them. They have so much experience they know you so well. Maybe they know your partner very well. Their insights can be gold in a breakup process. The next one takes up a lot of space in my book, and it's going to sound a little callous, but I'm going to say it anyway, right? Check your finances, check your insurances. Whatever it is that you have to bring in order in the financial sector, do it. You don't want any unwelcome surprises. This isn't just for you married people out there who might be facing divorce. This is anyone who has a financially linked relationship to this romantic one. And really get your finances in order so that you can get a good idea of what could potentially happen. I say this both for the toxic relationships, I definitely say it for those, but even the amicable ones. Because once money is something to be negotiated, positions can shift slightly. And so just to be a little prepared for it, maybe you can't be for all of it, but I know you can be for some. And here's a little something for those of you who have children or stepchildren. There will be maybe a moment where you'll be tempted to warn them that this is coming before you've spoken to your spouse or longtime partner. In my experience, that wasn't so useful. I tried to sort of give my son, he was very young back then, a little bit of a warning, but that actually made him feel really insecure. I was like, are you leaving? Are you not leaving? And so I had brought him into a state of limbo that wasn't necessary. Yes, children pick up on conflict and ambivalences around their parents, around their step-parents' relationship, but... The way to calm them is not to warn them that this is coming. The way to maybe go about this, only a child psychologist or any psychologist perhaps could actually tell you. But what I noticed was it definitely was a mistake to warn my son. I 
would have done much better to ask, did he have any questions? Was there something that he was struggling with or that he was noticing that maybe he'd like to talk about? That's totally fine. And then you can explain we're in a bit of a rough patch. We need to do some talking. But warning them of an impending breakup when you haven't even had the big talk yet, I can't recommend it. If the breakup is unwelcome news to the other party or you're not quite sure that they will handle this in a way that feels safe, or if you're both not sure how you're going to handle this, if vases start to fly around the apartment or something along those lines, it might be good to know where you're going to sleep that night, that night when you will have the big talk. If everything is rather stable and both of you have come to the conclusion that "Mm, this isn't working so much anymore, obviously you can stay in the same apartment or house that you live in. But if in some cases you're not exactly sure then it might be good to get a little distance, real physical distance, maybe stay at a friend's house or maybe your partner has a way of staying somewhere else. Obviously, if this is a situation of physical abuse, a whole nother league of rules apply and those I wouldn't be qualified to talk about. But if this is just something where there's a slight element of unpredictability in there, crash at another person's couch. Here's one that is really important to me because it was a fairly new experience that I made in one of my breakups recently. That sounds like I've been breaking up for like the last two months (laughs) or the last two years every single month. That's not what I mean. I mean, this was actually my last breakup that I had a while ago, and it was an amicable breakup. We weren't just lovers. We were really, really good friends, and we also worked together in an amazing cheerleading way. So this one is not for beginners, but we decided, yes, we had to break up because we had different visions of our futures. We wanted to stay together. We knew that we were soulmates. I know this is a big concept, but I don't believe in just one soulmate. I believe that we have several. Because we, however, had decided that that was the kind of level of connection that we had, we made the breakup and then going from there to a platonic, a friendship, seamless we stayed in touch. This was very hard and very painful for both of us. But the alternative was to not be in each other's lives and that pain we really did not want to go through. So we tried the radio silence. We tried not to be in touch for a few weeks and just realized, no, this is not the way to go for us. This was unconventional. And trust me, I had a whole lot of friends and so did my partner tell us, what the hell are you doing? Pull off the band-aid already. This isn't good. And for a moment there, I thought they were right. But if you decide the person in your life is so valuable and actually a mate on many other levels, then why go and leave this person completely? Just because that's the convention, just because that's what everybody else says, just because every book warns you that this isn't going to work. I'm here And if he were here, he would confirm it to tell you we're living testimonies that this is possible. Yes, it hurts like nothing else, but being without each other for the rest of our lives was just unacceptable. And see if this is a possibility. And lastly, I want to say this. If you can afford it, and if you feel like this is going to be a hard breakup, get professional help, whatever that means for you. It could be a psychologist. It could be a coach. You could call me. (laughs) There's my little subtle pitch here. But I think that we don't need to do breakups by ourselves. For some reason, we think breaking up 
we must manage by ourselves. But when we break a leg, we don't do that. We don't put it in a cast by ourselves and be like, yep, see you in four weeks. No, we get a professional doctor to help us to realign the leg, to look at it very closely with an x-ray, and to really together as a team put that leg back together. And the same to me goes for breakups. Finding a team and have a neutral pair of eyes look at the situation and then just like with a broken leg, align everything in your life so that you can be put back together, if you will, and even more understand that this breakup could very possibly be one of the best things that has ever happened to you, your partner, and the people around you. I speak very much from experience here or I couldn't have developed my breakup coaching I know that to be true. So if you are breaking up, if you are about to, I'm sending you all the love in the world. I hope you can make it a healing experience, even if not now, then maybe in the days, months, or years that follow. I am very confident that will be the case, even if you don't see it right now. Until then, everybody, sending love.